Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! Episode 28, 28, 28 deep on the Battlefield show. As always, I hope you are well, I hope you are safe, I hope no one has developed any COVID-19 symptoms since we last spoke. Um, How the fuck have you been, man? How have you been? I don't know how many weeks this is since we started lockdown. Uh, I don't even know, I, I actually had to be... Reminded the other day that it's fucking May. May! We started this bullshit in March. Remember when we thought that fucking January was a long month? <laughs> Look at us now, just slowly ticking down the days until either we're released like fucking free-range chickens or the, uh, the virus that we cannot see consumes us. As always, a big shout out to the Battlefield Army, to everyone who has listened to previous episodes and who has shared, and of course to everyone who is on the Patreon. Um, If you are not a fully-fledged paid member of the Battlefield Army, you're not on the Patreon page, then you're a fucking ballback. It is the best and easiest way to support the show and support me. Um, if you enjoy the podcast and you're sitting going, hey, do you know what? I would love not only extra podcast episodes, but I'd also love some interviews. I'd love some old show recordings. I'd love some comedy albums. Then the best way for you to do that is to sign up to Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Gibson and sign up for as little as $5. Now, on my website, 
All the links are there. BigScottGibson.com is the website. Uh, it's also ScottGibsonComedy.co.uk. Um, we've got fucking hundreds of domains all linked to the same website. So head over there. All the links for social media and Patreon are on there. Also, you can buy my comedy albums for as little as five of your British pounds. Um, but if you are a member of the Patreon, then you get those comedy albums for free. For free! So, what I'm saying is, sign up to Patreon. Do it now. Become a member of the Patreon. Patreon. I just really like saying it like that. Maybe the people who run Patreon um, should consider changing it to Patreon. It makes it feel, you know, more more exotic. Eh? Eh, Gibbo? International. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my fucking mind. The old, the old depression, the old mental health, peaks and troughs, probably the way to describe it. Um, however, something I have noticed strangely since lockdown is that whereas before when I would crash, when I would have a bad mental health period, um, because I think sometimes people will say things like, I'm having a bad mental health day, Sandra, I really am. You're joking, Karen. No, I'm having a bad mental health day. It's very rarely a day. Okay? It's very rarely a day. It's a, it's a period of time, a passage of time through space where your mind is like fucking mashed potato. Uh, no, sometimes what would happen is my, my, my crash would be so low and uh, I fall so hard that it would be uh, almost back to being suicidal thoughts and thoughts about no one to be here. But strangely, since lockdown, when I have my mental health dips, the 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 uh, the, the troughs seem to be smaller, a more shallow trough, if you will. But um, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. I, I am getting better at understanding um, my own mental health, understanding the, the illness, and uh, admitting to myself that I'm I'm struggling a wee bit, and that's fine. And I know now that. Generally, it doesn't last more than four days if I'm feeling really low. So I am able to kind of say to myself, look, you're just feeling shit, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay to not be okay. Nothing wrong with it. So we'll just fucking ride it out, man. Don't need to do anything. There's no pressure. Don't need to worry about it. Um, And I think I've been getting myself a little bit stressed out. And I think that's affected my mental health recently because I am trying to push ahead with tour dates for 2021 um i am i remain semi-optimistic that we'll get back to work this year i would like to be back working at the end of october um but i suppose if we can get back to work in december then you know we're doing well but um it's important that we kind of get things in place for for next year for 2021 which will be the the new tour and things are coming together and i think it's just been frustrating the last week where um i found myself last week oddly which i'm sure many of us have found during this lockdown situation where i suppose you have nothing to do but somehow the days disappear now what i meant by that is i'm not i'm not sitting scratching my ass pulling my plonker you know that's a wednesday but things like Doing the quiz um, takes a, it's taken a full day now. It's taken a whole day. 
Tuesday night and right up until the quiz on Wednesday it takes to put it all together. Um, the podcast, the Patreon episodes that have to go out every Friday, um, the stuff that I've been doing with Al for the hashtag show. It's 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 amazing how when you think you've actually got nothing to do, your days are completely filled. And I'm also conscious that I can sit at this desk, I could be here doing a load of work, churning out emails, chasing different venues, and you're conscious that you need a break from it, you know. So it's been it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a week to ten days trying to find that balance, and I think it was just getting a bit on top of me, constantly chasing people and getting things booked in. What I can say, however, is we're we're looking good. We we've already booked more dates than we had for the tour last year. Not a particularly big tour, so it wasn't a huge target to get, but we got there. And I've got an idea in my head of what I want to get to, so we're pushing towards those dates. Um, and like I've said before, I will be announcing that tour at the start of July, um, or maybe the middle of July. Depending on how quickly we can get this together. So that's the other thing as well. It's odd that we think that because we've been in lockdown, time has kind of almost stood still. I, in my head, sometimes still think it's March, you know, and it's no, we're now into May, and pretty soon we're going to be in the middle of May. So we need to go on with it. So that's what we're doing this week. Um, I have also, well, I mentioned this, fuck it, we'll mention it. Um, this week I've also done two, um, the first two of the interviews that I'm putting together. I am doing a little thing which I wanted to do where I thought about having guests on the podcast. And I think that the reason why I started doing this um, is because I, I always wanted to do a podcast on my own. Um, I do a podcast before, I did it with three people, we got a little in Mal, which was the hashtag show, I now do it with just me and Mal, which is the hashtag show, I'm sure many of you listen to that, and if you don't, then you should, because it's completely different from this, and it's uh, a little bit uh, less PC, probably, than this one, but it's, uh, it's a fucking good laugh, it's a great podcast, just search the hashtag show in any of your podcast players and you will get it. Um... And the reason for doing this, as I have mentioned before, is because I wanted to, well, two reasons. One, I wanted to have that ability to record something and put it out on a regular basis, which is weekly, um, as opposed to the hashtag show, which is fortnightly or every six months, depending on when there is a hiatus. Um, So it became more difficult when we had three of us or two of us to, to tie in a diaries when it's three busy people especially now that I live in the other side of the country from, from Mal and then from Gary as well. So this was always a way for me just to kind of build my own platform and, and build my own thing and have my own my own voice. And I've loved it. I've I've loved doing it. I, I cannot express to you how much it means to the people who get in touch and to the to the people who listen to every single episode. It means an awful lot. Um. So I had I had toyed with the idea of bringing on guests and having maybe one or two recurring guests. And I thought the whole point of me doing this was to do it on my own. And also, weirdly enough, to see if I could do it. Because talking for an hour at a time on your own is difficult. <laughs> I know. And you might think, oh, fucking, I talk to myself all day every day, mate. It's, it's a strange thing to sit here and be conscious that I am talking to you, listening to this, 
but right now I'm sitting here talking to a camera myself in an empty room um, surrounded by currently at this moment foam sound panels that are going to go up on this wall um, to give us a little bit more um, ambience is it ambience a little bit a little bit more protection mate when I'm talking so the neighbours don't fucking moan know what I mean so that's currently what we're sitting at um, and I suppose the second part of, of, of keeping guests, if you like, off of this bit of the podcast that goes out to everybody for, for free on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, is that it's helping me become a, a better broadcaster, for want of a fucking wanky term. Um, I, I listen to quite a few podcasts, and, it, and it's a mix of it, mostly American comics who I'm fans of, and it's a mix of groups of people, people with, with guests, uh, different guests each week, uh, and also podcasts with people who is just one person, and I was listening to an episode of um, one recently, and they were talking about how if people are starting podcasts, the hardest thing to do is do it on your own, and I was agreeing with everyth- everything they're saying, but it's odd to think that coming from episode one to now being on episode 28, I do feel as though I am getting better at structuring these things and talking on my own, so it can only help grow as a broadcaster, eh, till I fucking take over in Clyde One or whatever other shitty Scottish fucking radio station, I'd love a radio show, I'd absolutely love it, but it's never gonna happen, it's never gonna happen, and I'm at peace with that, but I would love a wee radio show, one night a week, two hours, bit of chat, bit of music, fucking would love it, Um, but anyway, so, what I've done is, I have started a little side project, uh, as if I'm not busy enough, um, on top of the Battlefield show. And it's going to be called The Officer's Mess, sticking with the army theme. Um, and basically, we're going to put them out as a little series on uh, YouTube. They'll go out there. They will go to patrons first on the Patreon. So if you are uh, a fully fledged member of the Battlefield Army, paid up member of the Patreon, then you will be getting these uh, very soon. Um, so six episodes in a series, and it's basically me just uh, having a conversation with some friends, some interesting people. I have done two this week, um, and the first one, episode one, is the legend Gary Little, um, formerly of the Hashtag Show, um, currently friend and international comedian, and watch um, fucking punter. I don't know what you call it, salesman, trader, fuck knows, my, my mind's mashed potato, but episode one is with Gary Little, um, it was recorded the other day, um, and it was it was nice to catch up with the big man, um, they are a bit of serious chat in there, um, a bit of conversation about what's going on in life, about when we first met, um, and so it's, it's something different, it's something a little bit different than Maybe this conversation that we're having is maybe something a little bit different than having a guest on to a comedy podcast where we just try and, you know, take the piss of a bit of banner. So it's something that I had wanted to do and it's something that seems to be so far going quite well, just kind of relaxed conversation. And it's always interesting to see where that conversation goes. So that's going to be coming out um, very soon, actually. Um, If I can get it together, then the first episode, which is Gary Little, will come out this Friday to everybody on the Patreon page, Patreon page, so Patreon, 
Um, so if you would like to be able to get access to the officer's mess in conversation with, then as before, head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bigcock Gibson. Sign up now and you'll fucking get it as soon as they drop. As soon as they drop. So yeah, so that's what we've been doing um, this week. And I did another one this morning uh, with a friend of mine, Jeannie Jones, who's a, a comedian host um, and a GP. Quite an interesting conversation about how she's kind of coping in the COVID situation and how that's affecting them and the surgery and what's going on there and, and her taking stuff. So that, that will be coming out as episode two at some point as well. And I've got a few more lined up um, next week. So we're going to be dripping them out over the coming weeks uh, to Patreon first. And then once they've all gone out on Patreon, then they'll be available to you freeloading monkeys on YouTube. Um but in the meantime, subscribe to YouTube channel, subscribe to SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes, and fucking become a patron, man. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. What has been happening in the world? Uh, Adele's lost weight. She's looking bang tidy. Although, the thing is, I bet she's still a fucking narky bastard. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I know people lost their shit over the Adele pictures. Right, like, oh my god, she looks amazing. But she's still getting that laugh. And I just, I've always liked Adele. She's got a pretty face. You know, it's a big lassie, but she's got a pretty face for a big lassie. My mum used to say fat people have got lovely nails. I'm like, as if that's any consolation. You know? Your, your body is patty. Your, your organs are turning to fucking soup. But you get lovely nails then and a beautiful wee face. Pretty really pretty face then on that big fat body, you know. Is it any wonder Adele's lost all her weight? Going through a horrific divorce. Um couple of hundred million in the bank. See if I had a hundred million in the bank. A hundred million. A hundred million. I can't even speak. See if I had a hundred million. Hundred million dollar in the bank. Do you think I'd be sitting here like a fat bastard? No. I'd have everything stapled. Stomach. Mouth. Hands. <laughs> Why do people get their, their stomach stapled first? Just staple your hands. You can't eat it. Surely that's the way to go. Eh? Going on the NHS. You know? Any chance of getting that sweet Captain Tom money siphoned off so I can get half my lower intestine cut out? No. But what we could do is put fat mittens on people, right? Hear me out. You go into your GP, diagnosed as being a fat cunt. What does the doctor say to you? You know, well, like life's getting life's getting real now. Okay, time is precious to people, right? We're no lying to each other anymore. You know, doctors not going to say to you. Listen, see if you go for a walk for five minutes every day. You know, maybe have one sugar in your tea instead of two. Over time, you lose weight. Bullshit, right? Doctor says to you, get in these scales. How old are you? You're a fat bastard. And they put fat mittens on you. It's a pair of mitten gloves over the top of your hands, fucking stitched in. You need to get them surgically removed. And then you struggle, you'd struggle eating. You couldn't hold uh, eating irons. You know, kind of get your knife and a fork in there. Ah, oh, it's my fat mittens. You know? All you can do is lift up a bowl of soup 
Huh? I got out of fat mittens. That's how you get counts in a liquid diet. Chop the fucking hands off. Maybe going straight into the old staple of the stomach is aggressive. A real gastric band where they fucking just wring your stomach out, you know? You have one bit of toast, you're like, that's me, I'm full. Fat mittens. Fittens. Huh? Got them copyrighting that. Fittens. Struggling to lose weight. Want to get that bikini body? Try fittens. It's mittens for fat cunts. Simply pot, pop the fitting over your fat chubby fingers and then be free from the constraints of having to eat anything. Maybe you'd have to resort to like putting it in like a bucket and eating like a, you know, like a trough. Then hopefully society, you know, you'd be, you'd be shamed. Fat, maybe, maybe we need to bring back fat shaming. You know? Nothing wrong with going, yeah, yeah, fucking, you're a big fat cunt, mate. I'm a, aye, you're massive, you get fucking fittings on. Oh, mate, look at this day, mate. Don't tell people they're fat, that's fat shaming. You're a fat cunt, mate. Maybe that's what we need to resolve to, eh? Maybe, maybe Adele was lucky to bypass fittings and fat shaming. One, because she got a cracking voice on her, right? Now, here's my here's my advice to you if you're a fat person. Get a talent, okay? Have a talent, right? So when people are disgusted visibly by your size, you can go, sometimes I'll find someone like you. Eh? Or a card trick, okay? Or the splits. Nothing, be- nothing will distract a group of bullies more than a 20 stone plus fat person getting into a fucking perfect splits. Nothing. You know? I'm telling you right now, there's nothing more beautiful to watch than a fat person who can dance. Eh? Graceful. You know? Majestic. Beautiful. Like a, like a, a water buffalo. Or a small, a small hippopotamus. Take to the stage, gracefully, they're going, what's that fat bastard doing up there? And then suddenly, fuck me, that hippo can dance. You know? What was the music video? Years ago, some two fucking boys dressed like miners or something in a fat suit, dancing. Beautiful. I take nothing but nothing will stop a crowd in their, in their, in their, their, their feet quicker than a fat man that can move I love it I love it I love fat people that can dance love it you know you don't know what's happened to them you don't know how they've got to be in that position health and size wise that they're in but fuck me when that music starts you know and they hit that dance floor oh can they move Sandra fuck me they can move graceful beautiful you know, what am I saying? So, Adele has, has by-tracked the uh, fat-shaming, the abuse, because one, voice, two, famous, three, wealthy, wealthy. And then maybe she's got to the point in life where she's like, I'm sick of being a fat cunt, 
staple my stomach and people have gone mental you know it's not the first person who was once fat who's new thin maybe it's because it is the dramatic shift you know maybe it's because she's gone from being fat and having a she's got a pretty face to now being thin like fuck me Adele I'd ride you like a Blackpool donkey. I don't know. But she's looking good. Eh? Woman's looking good. And eh, also nice to see for a change that her, her husband's fucking cleaning her out. Which is good. Usually the other way. Nice to see a bit of balance in there. Eh? Maybe this is the, the gender balance that we've been looking for. Finally a man is taking a couple of fucking hundred million off his rich ex-wife. I like it. I'm on board with that. I've got a feeling Adele will still be alright. Um, I had put a thing on Instagram asking people if they thought the television show Normal People was great or shite. And the, uh, the results were, I was going to say, I was going to say they were they were they were what I expected, but it, it's what I expected to an extent, right? And and I'll say this for you, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest, right? I think it's rubbish from what I have watched. Now I'll also hold my hands up to say I have not watched every single episode. Um, my missus has, and I've dipped in and out of it. I felt very early on, very early on that this is something that's for her and I am just going to ruin it or or or, or to at least to an extent I'm going to I'm going to upset her by sitting here watching this right now the one thing I will say everybody who said it's shit almost 90 in fact that's a lie almost 90% of the people who said it's shite were men couple of women in there but here's the interesting thing Everybody who said that it was great on my Instagram poll was a woman. Not one man said it was good. Not one. Every single person who said it was good was a woman. No, I, I cannot understand the the appeal. I've heard people say the the act see the actors the acting and that it's just it's moving it's emotional. But just, I feel as if I'm part of her life, you know? First of all, what? The other thing I heard was, the, the script is just absolutely, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like life, it's just, it's amazing. There has been a number of occasions when the Mrs. Yasmin was watching the show, and I, I dropped in, and I went, what's happening? And the response was so vague, and so loose, that I, I think not only did she not want to admit that one, she didn't know what was happening, but the real answer was nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Now, is this just a case of a show that's came along during lockdown, it's had a wee bit of PR behind it and everybody's gone mad? Or is it because you're getting a bit of Fanny Bush and a wee flaccid cock and everybody's going, oh my God, it's mental. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know on the occasions where I watched the episodes, 
I lost count in the number of times when I would say, something's wrong with that cunt. Oh, that bird's mental. I lost count. So, for me, it's an absolute hard no. The one episode that, that we watched that stood out is, uh, again, they seem to be back. They're back again. They're off again. They're back again. She's out getting leathered in Italy. They're back again. And and she turns to him and says, I want you to fucking scud me. Now, words to that effect, right? And obviously, a lyric like, I want you to fucking punch me. She, the, 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 the female character likes, uh, likes the, 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 uh, the, the rough stuff, shall we say. Which I always find interesting. I always find it interesting. Always very. I always find it interesting in shows when they they push that storyline of a woman who likes physical sex or rough sex for it to be like a shocking thing. Like, oh my god, did she say she wants him to hit her? In the name of Christ, Sandra. I find that odd. Because this is 2020. It's no 1914, right? There are some people out there who like it a bit rough. Okay? They like it a bit rough. Now, what is rough? Because see if your partner says to me, John Paul, I want you to hit me. And then John Paul wraps his knuckles on your jaw and knocks you cold. That isn't what they're saying, right? But in your head... The average person's head, as you're watching this, and somebody who, a character who you've been investing in goes, oh, man, you hit me. You're like, fucking hell. And you see him reaching for a chair. That isn't as far as they're going. You know? I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I think we've got such an unhealthy connection with, with sex in this country. An unhealthy upbringing with sex and that we we see it as a taboo still shocking <gasps> you know the fact that even people are talking about this show going like he's, he actually sees bobby he sees his bobby as if that's some going oh no, no my god he's bobby who gives a fuck man so that that i found strange because i'm going is, it, is this meant to be like a caricature or like she's weird in some way or like something's wrong with her i mean it's not as if she's saying I want you to fucking put me against the wall and hammer nails through both my shin bones. That's extreme. Also, how much of that is saying if you're a young person at home and you're watching it and maybe you, you are starting to have thoughts about that and you see it portrayed in a way that's making it as if you, you're weird in something? I don't know, man. I just think sometimes these things... I feel as if some of the shows that are being produced just now, some of the shows that are coming out, are box ticking to the extreme. Whereas before, box ticking was very in your face, very apparent, i.e. one black person, one white person, somebody for the north, somebody for the south, a gay person, a trans person, an old person, a young person. Make sure every fucking box is ticked. Now I feel as if the boxes are even getting a bit more subtle. I don't. I don't understand the appeal of normal people. I'm going to be honest with you. I. I don't. I don't quite get it. And maybe it's just one of those things where it's. It's not for me. 
and I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch them because although we are in lockdown and we've got all the time in the world, I am not wasting any of my time watching that fucking bollocks. Okay? I thought it was shit. Um, it feels as if it's like another Fifty Shades of Grey. You know? That's what it feels like. It feels like it's another thing for people who... They want a bit of real life fucking lusty porn nonsense, but they're just afraid to go and watch a porno or have an actual pump. I don't know. But it wasn't for me. But it did it did um, surprise me when everybody who said it was shite on my Instagram was pretty much a man. I think I had four women who said it was crap. And uh, and I think those four women were uh, old, older ladies, 40 plus, you know, who probably fucking like a good fucking jab in the ribs. And everybody who said it was great was was, uh, was a woman. So maybe it's something for the ladies. Eh? Maybe it's no for us. Yeah, nah. Um, my anger levels were also pushed through the roof um, this week with the, the return of Gia Gunn. Into my life, uh, we started watching RuPaul's All Stars. Um, huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's it's amazing. Best program, one of the best programs in the world. If you've never watched RuPaul's Drag Race, you need to watch it. It is a Roman, fucking Shakespearean drama, right? And and I, I have mentioned this previously on on past podcasts as well. If you watch RuPaul's Drag Race and your first thought is it's a fucking man in a skirt what the fuck's going on it's great for separating those type of people out you know you, whenever you have a party or a, or a gathering of friends you should put on Drag Race and if there's any one of your friends like what the fuck's this cunt men dressed as women remove them from your life it, it's easy to say right but drag is art it's art and like any other art form it can be done incredibly well and so fucking awful it is painful to watch and rupaul's drag race is spectacular and when you start to watch the all-stars which is queens who have competed on previous series are coming back again to compete against each other it is incredible because these women have They've, they've got their own careers, they've got their own fan base, They've all, most of them will have like a particular style or a, or a type of drag, a lot of them have their own catchphrases, it is layered, it is layered brilliance, but there's this wee fucking cunt called Gia Gunn, and I tell you right now, I wouldn't tire of fucking ripping the bastard's wig off. She is one of the most manipulative, nasty fucking bitches I've ever walked the face of this earth. And I'm watching the series. I think it's series one. And we get rid of the fucking cow. And I rejoiced, right? I, I screamed from the sofa, Fuck off, you bastard! Yes. And then what does RuPaul do? He fucking brings the cunts back. He brings the fucking cunts back. For a chance to get back in the competition, I was like, Rue, what the fuck are you playing at? And the queens who had been binned had to go head-to-head with the other queens to see if they can get a place back on uh, the show. And thankfully, the fucking little rat Gia Gunn was binned for a second time. 
which was glorious. But if you if you haven't watched uh, any of RuPaul's Drag Race, then you should watch it. Stay clear of the celebrity one. It's a bit shit. It's a it's a it feels like a money grab. It's it's awful. But the actual Drag Race and the All Stars, oh, I love it, man. Spectacular. Just fucking good. Just good wholesome family viewing, you know. Just a guy chucking his cock and balls between his leg. Brilliant. We actually, the missus actually googled how to tuck, right? And there may be some drag fans on here who will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you basically take a big bit of gaffer tape, right? And you fucking grab your meat and two veg and you drag it between y- your arse and you just fucking shove it all up inside your arse cheeks and then gaffer tape it right up your back to keep it in there, you know? And the other thing it's said to do is you can tuck your bollocks inside your pelvis. Oh! We've all had it, right, where one of your boys has disappeared inside your pelvis. We've all had that, right? We've all had that. And if you're sitting there at home listening and you've not got boys, then obviously it's no harm to you. But if you've got boys, at some point in a gentleman's life, one of his bollocks, always one, usually my right one, I don't know why, maybe it's free and loose, disappears inside your pelvis, you know, and for a split second, you, you may be having a wee shuffle about the ball bag, you're like, I've only got one ball, and for a minute, you believe, I've lost a bollock, now, the first time it happened, I thought, have I wanked my ball, <clears throat> right, because when you're young, you're daft, and you hear stories about, you only get a bucket of cum, and once it's gone, you're done, right, these are the things you hear, and I thought, I've, I've wanked too much, and I've spunk too many bollocks, that's what you think, there's another bit you think, I've absorbed it. I've absorbed one of my balls in my body. You know, you hear things about twins getting absorbed in the womb. One of my balls has been absorbed. Oh no! And you can feel there's a discomfort, right? And then you have a wee fucking shimmy, 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 and a wee poke of the finger, and the ball appears, you're like, my two best pals are back together again. But to, to think you're in a position where you need tuck or, or force your boys inside your pelvis and then sellotape your cock down that's a level of commitment if you if you say I love stand up comedy I love it it's it's the greatest job in the world I was born to be a comedian I was born to perform and entertain that's what I'm meant to do in my life I'm meant to be a comedian but if you say to me, big man, see after uh, lockdown, there's going to be a new government sanction, right, where they think that having your testicles exposed on the outside of your body actually not only increases your risk of contracting the virus, but you can also spread COVID-19. So before you go on stage, I'm going to need you to tuck both your bollocks inside your pelvis. I don't think I could gig ever again. You, you imagine tucking your balls in your pelvis and then having to go out there Head to toe sequence with like a fucking four stone wig on and do a, a beautifully choreographed lip sync dance routine. I think not. I think not. So bear that in mind when you're watching RuPaul. Bear, bear in when you see some of the crotch shots and you're like, where the fuck is that guy's cock going? He's tucked his balls inside his fucking pelvis, man. Jesus Christ. That's commitment to your art. That is commitment to your art. RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag Race made the best woman, best woman win. Brilliant show. Watch it. Um, we are also the wee swatch of Upload on um, 
Amazon Prime. Which was good, I was getting into it. And then it just ended, 10 episodes. Um, another one where it's trying to be a little bit playing it safe, kind of PG-13, you know. I imagine so it gets more views, so it's easy to push for Amazon. Um, but it did feel as if it was just getting into its stride and then it finished and there's no plans for a second series. Um, or they've not started filming it yet, so... You know, it's good. It's a good show. You should give it a watch, but just bear in mind that it, it will end without it actually ending. Um, and then it's just a kind of wait, wait and see if it's actually another fucking episode or no, another series. But worth a watch is, is the bold upload on Amazon Prime. Right, couple of things. Let's do some questions, man. I've got some questions and also this uh, story that I saw that I want to talk to you about. Now, TikTok is something that I am aware of. Um, I believe it is used to force pensioners to do some kind of choreographed routine in order to push your family viewings. Also, another way for uh, young women uh, to get the online attention they need by doing lip syncs with their bangers out. Um, it's something that I don't have. Um, it's highly unlikely I will ever be on TikTok. TikTok, I don't stop the boogie. Um, couldn't give a fuck. Couldn't care. I hope social media dies. It's a fucking disease. It's a cancer. The last thing I read is another one, but here it is, and it's TikTok. Now, one thing I saw, um, apart from the TikToking not nurses and doctors, which which I don't mind. I know a lot of people were giving uh, nurses and doctors shit for TikToking. Nobody's got the bollocks to do the TikTok videos we want, right? Nobody's got the fucking guts to, you know, have a, a doctor tap dancing, flamenco dancing beside somebody who's flatlining. That's the TikTok video I want to see, right? Two doctors fucking doing the gay Gordons around somebody who's gasping for their last breath is the fucking ooh. That's the TikTok video that I want to see, but we're not going to get that, you know? So don't have a go at the nurses and doctors taking time out their busy day to fucking, you know, do a wee TikTok, okay? Government's got numbers to hit, right? The, the nurses can't keep looking after all these people having all these survivors because the government needs people to die because this is all pushed by fear, right? Fear is what's going to keep the world spinning and keep that money coming in. So they need some people dying, right? So they maybe phone into 10 down the street, how are we doing today? Um, Nurse Pratchett going, listen, we've fucking saved 10,000. Well, I tell you what, tell the doctors to get into the ward, Get in the corridor, do a couple of TikToks and let a few of them slip away. Eh? That's why TikTok videos of nurses and doctors have always got to have music over the top of it. Because if it didn't have that music playing, you would just hear the dull, faint sound of everybody flatlining in the ward behind them. Right? And nobody wants to see people fucking dabbing as... Nobody wants that. Right? So the story. TikTokers. TikToker, they don't stop the boogie. There is a, a, a group of apparently British TikTokers, six of them, right, um, who before lockdown all moved into a house together, 
in London. Of course it's fucking London. Um, they've called it Bite House. B-Y-T-E House. And the the headline, um, which this is on Vice, right, which is normally quite good for some kind of documentary, hard-hitting journalism, but this is the, the bullshit they've got me here. Um, TikTok stars moved in together during the pandemic. First of all, who cares? Now, I can hear you screaming that. Big man, who cares? Not me! But when I read this, it fueled the fire in my belly. You know? It fueled the fire in my belly to make me think that Whitney Houston once said, children are the future. And if children are the future, our future is a fucking apocalypse wasteland. If this is the fucking shower of cuntbags that are coming up behind us. So let me just read this to you. Imagine being fresh out of secondary school and getting offered a salary to move into a mansion with your best friend. Imagine that, eh? I'm sure a lot of people did. It's called Epstein's Island and rich people came over and buggered their assholes. You're no longer stuck in your childhood bedroom. Sleeping on a mattress, you've clearly outgrown. Sleeping on a mattress, you've outgrown. Do they think this is Cinderella? Show, show me one teenager in this country that is stuck on a four-foot single mattress. Your mum is nagging you to fix the router so she can do Zumba on Zoom. What? Are you a journalist? Honestly, God, man. I, I need to start reading these articles before I do this because I can just feel the fucking rage coursing through my blood. Now, your biggest concerns are deciding between putting your housemate's iPad into jelly or filling your brand new kitchen with a million orbs for a laugh. Oh, decisions, 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 you know. What would we do, what would we do today, Jeffrey? Will we put our friend's iPad in jelly? Tell you what would happen put my iPad in jelly. I'd break your fucking nose. But I guarantee you that's not a TikTok video. How, how is that no real life? Why is there no TikTok videos like this? Eh? Suddenly puts their iPad in jail and they're all like, Oh my God, Sebastian, what have you done? It's in jail. Like, oh my God, it's in fucking jail. Where's the end of that TikTok video where Sebastian's in his bedroom crying as his nose has been bust into his fucking face? <laughs> Maybe they should invite me to live in the mansion. Eh? Just cuts the TikTok, it's like the Blair Witch Project where they're all fucking sitting going, oh my god, it didn't go well, we put Scott's iPad in jelly and now he's killed the fucking dog. Fee-fi-fo-fum, <laughs> I smell the blood of six TikTok cunts, where the fuck are you? Who put my iPad in jelly, you bastard? Just fucking smashing a cunt. <laughs> Cuts to the next day, terrified, they open up the fridge and there's fucking, his pal's heads in jelly. He's heads in jelly! This is the reality of six of Britain's biggest TikTokers. Imagine a world! Where you are described as one of Britain's biggest TikTokers. How your parents must be proud. Six of them all moved in together on the 23rd of March, four days before the UK announced a nationwide lockdown to slow the lethal spread of COVID-19. 
Four days before this was announced, they had the hindsight at 16, 17, 19-year-olds to move into a multi-million pound villa in London. Almost as if people knew it was going to happen. Almost as if TikTok is behind it. Almost as if the whole thing about this is whatever happens during lockdown, keep making the fucking videos because it makes us money in advertising. Oh my god, eh? Money makes the world go round. Welcome to Bite House, the first content house to launch in the UK. Residents include 22 year old, you know, we're a bit old, Jake Sweet, who goes by Surface London. Does he, eh? 19 year old Kate Franklin, 17 year old Monty Keats, 17 year old. Can't know, he's not an adult. What's he doing living here? 19-year-old Shawnee Kibbe, 20-year-old Lily Rose, and 20-year-old Sebi Wood. So, ages range from 17 to 22. The housemates, otherwise known as the Bite Squad, oh my god, have over 15 million followers between them. The aim of their stay is to produce videos together and grow their following by cross-pollinating audiences. And it's worked. By golly gosh, it's worked. Since moving in, the housemates have seen an astronomical rise in followers and views across all platforms. Zippity doo da for them. Do you know the, the biggest threat to that house? Syphilis. Because, see, once lockdown's over and one of these wee fucking twinks goes out and gets rattled or pumped someday in a scheme where they're going into like a meet and greet at a fucking nightclub in Liverpool and they come back to Bite House and then spread it amongst them. Boom, your TikTok's shut down. Oh my God. Content houses have been around for a while, originating in California, and appropriating like wildfire. The first sprung up in 2013 when a group of YouTubers moved into an LA mansion and launched a channel called Our Second Life. Shortly after, a group of Vine creators moved into a large apartment in Hollywood and stayed there until the app discontinued in 2016. Jake Paul formed the infamous Team 10 Collective. Ex-Vine star David Dobrik founded the Vlog Squad. Fuck me, man. Really thinking hard on these names. And from 2018 to 2020, we saw the rise and fall of the Clout House, the first TikTok house. The Hype House arrived in January of 2020 with 16 TikTokers moving into a Spanish-style mansion in LA and immediately descending into chaos as ex-member dramatically left to start her own content house. The fucking cow. Can you trust them? It's like Game of Thrones. London's Bite House follows the Hype House blueprint, but unlike their American counterparts, it wasn't founded by TikTok TikTokers themselves. Bite House was set up by Gen Z marketing agency called Fanbytes. A division of the company, Bite Size Talent manages 42 of the UK's biggest TikTokers, including the Bite Squad. In the name of the wee man. Is, is this what the future of entertainment looks like in the UK? Is this what it is? That we no longer have comedians, artists, singers. Is this what it is? Writers, performers. Instead, we have six, eight, ten, you know, a balanced number. Three guys, three women, four guys, four women. They all have a different look, but all somehow look the same. Jammed together for 
a few years of their life, early 20s, because when they're 23, they're fucking old meat. Just to fucking sell you stuff, man. That That's depressing. That is absolutely depressing to think that there are these fucking douchebags living in some multi, multi-million pound house in London to make fucking TikTok videos. Jesus wept. If you want to read that article further, uh, it's on Vice, vice.com, um, TikTok stars is the headline, and it's just got a picture of the six of them, and I swear to God, I would not tire from taking a shovel to each of them. We know where they are, we know where the house is, man. I mean, fucking send the SES in, they're probably itching to get out and do some action. God almighty. Right, let's do some questions, man. I've had some wonderful questions from you, uh, and let's start to wrap up this episode before I fucking storm the TikTok house. Um, I can't even believe that. Making fucking TikTok videos. There you go, there. There you fucking go. Right, um, load of questions from Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to everybody who got in touch. Um, easiest way to do it is follow the social medias, man. I'll usually post up saying when I'm going to record um, and ask for some questions. Facebook is Scott Gibson Comedy. Instagram and Twitter is at Big Scott Gibson. Um, you should f- like the Facebook page because, as most of you know by now, every single Wednesday, every Wednesday during lockdown at 8.30pm, live on the Facebook page, I will be doing a quarantine quiz. I think we are now into week 7 or week 8 of the quiz. Um Always a good laugh. Four rounds of medium strength questions, um, picture rounds, music rounds, celebrity questions. It's a whole lot of fun. Prizes to be won. Is there prizes? There's fuck all prizes. But hey, it's taking part that counts. So make sure you follow me on Facebook, Scott Gibson Comedy. Like that page. And eight thirty every Wednesday, we go live for the quiz. So join me for that. Right. Um, Levy Guy, you're the first one that's jumped on the page, mate, on Instagram. Levy Guy has asked, square goal between Nicola Sturgeon and Katie Hopkins. Who wins? I mean, mate, that's not even a that's that's not even a a, a fair fight. Right? That's like a heavyweight going up against a homeless person. That that isn't even a fair fight. Not only does the gaffer Sturgeon, our fearless leader, destroy Katie Hopkins in the first round. She kills her. She kills her. It's it's a death in the ring, pronounced dead in the ring. I I I think Sturgeon is two or three more patronising comments away from completely losing her shit. I don't know if you saw it the other day where she was live in the BBC and they were asking her about what Bojangles had said, and then they cut her off to go to a live footage of Dominic Rab walking into number 10, not being interviewed, not Dominic Rab giving a statement, just walking in a building. They stopped the First Minister of Scotland mid, mid-sentence to say, we are going to go and watch this guy open a door. And then they came back to her. Now, 
if it was me and it shows you that not only would I never be first minister, I probably couldn't be a politician in this country because I don't have the decorum, the professionalism that Sturgeon has. And thank God she is a leader and know me because they would have came back to me and it would just have been an empty backdrop because I would have fucked off or I would have dropped my trousers and parted my arse cheeks to have a live shot of my hairy arsehole on the BBC. The disrespect they showed her. Imagine it's not me. First Minister of Scotland, we're going to have to stop either to watch a man open the door. I'd be like, you cut away from me, you fucking cunt, and I will set off Trident. <laughs> That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Sturgeon should go on and tell and go, if I hear one more stupid statement out of his fucking mouth, I'm launching Trident. <laughs> we're taking out the Isle man, because nobody would fucking care. That's a statement of intent. Sturgeon, mate, destroys Kate Hopkins. Kate Hopkins is one of those people in school who we all know who's a mouthy fucking bitch, a nasty fucking cow. Just a nasty, spoiled little bitch. And as soon as anybody confronts them physically, their fucking arse collapses on them. We all know people that have known guys like that fucking mouthy little cunts and as soon as you confront them they absolutely shit a brick that's what Katie Hopkins is she would be one of those people who would just try and goad you into a physical attack so she can think oh my god I've been attacked how dare you cancel him they're terrible saying things like that if it was a celebrity death match she's not got the option you know because she knows what she's getting in for first round knockout clean Head off the shoulders, deed. Sturgeon's going to come in, work the body a bit, tenderise the meat. Roundhouse kick to the chops. Not enough to send her in, enough to break her jaw, just lays in it and then bottom of the palm, right into the nose, into the brain, deed. Game over. And the crowd goes wild. So you go, Levy Guy. Hope that answers your question, mate. I hope you've not been thinking about it too much at home, going, who would win a fight between Sturgeon and Katie Hopkins? Nicola Sturgeon, mate. I wouldn't want to fight you. Sturgeon, you know? Imagine, in my head, Sturgeon moves like Tyson. Cross the ring, you know, that kind of low centre of gravity, you know? Keeps the arms up, protects the body, just... <laughs> That's what I think, she would be like, just moving in, man, fucking... Going low, man, fucking coming up. Can't move. Come on, Nicola. Freedom. Right, what else have we got? Um Gin Dependent Woman on Instagram is that Death Row Meal. We've had that one before. Um thanks for getting in touch though. Um Woods in out, craving KFC like a motherfucker. Don't know why. Don't know why. Don't eat a lot of KFC, very, very rarely. Have KFC. It doesn't seem to be it's not as common as the as the McDonald's. But the two things I'm craving this week have been KFC and Five Guys, and I don't know why, but I'm just craving a good, a really good, shitty burger. You know, the only thing we've been getting takeaway wise, regular, I say regular, semi regular, has been pizza. We are blessed with amazing pizza places here in Edinburgh, and it's just been amazing, beautiful, delicious. But the craves that I've got this time are KFC and Five Guys, and I don't know why. I'll get there, man, after lockdown. 
We'll get there. Right, hold on. Here we go. Um, let's get into this, man. Questions, questions, questions. I'm just looking at this. Stevie Harry Wilson, Battlefield member. Fully fledged, paid up member of the Battlefield Army. You can do the same. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Stevie Harry Wilson has asked, do you suffer from road rage? Yes, I do. If so, what winds you up? Everything, mate. Everything. I think I have road rage because I am such an incredible driver. There, I said it. I said it. Some people may argue. My missus may argue. I think people who have extreme road rage tend to be the greatest drivers. And the reason why we get so angry when we're driving is because the rest of you are so fucking shit at driving. Right? My, the thing that I scream a lot in the car is pay attention. That's I'm like, pay attention, pay attention. Because you're maybe driving in a jam or you slow down to let someone in or you're you're approaching like you know a slip, an on slip, and so you pull back to give them space and just nobody pays attention. Nobody pays attention. So I scream at her, pay attention, you fucking can Me and the missus laugh just now about a thing that happened few months back now, I was driving and we were mid-conversation. And obviously, as a driver, you can have a conversation with your passenger, but you're fully alert as to what's going on in the road, right? And my, my eyes were in front of me. From what I can remember, it was that there was gas works on the road. So there was a temporary kind of block that you were going around and you were waiting for space. And there was some also temporary bus stop in there. It was a fucking shit show. Um, it's the usual case in Edinburgh when the road works. A fucking shit show. And we were mid-conversation, we were talking about something, and I just screamed, fuck you. Fuck you! <laughs> we laugh about it now, if we're in the car. Yeah, it'll just go, fuck you! I just started screaming at this old woman in a car. Fuck you! <laughs> I can't even remember what she'd done. I think it was my right to go, or my way to go. Or she was just, she was just take whatever she was doing, she was fucking something up anyway. So I'm just mid-conversation, I'm like, I was, she probably going to, fuck you! Yeah! <laughs> but yes, I do have terrible, here's the thing, I don't think my road rage is terrible, but I imagine if you are a passenger in my car, it's probably quite frightening. I forget sometimes, two things, I forget how big I am, because this is my body, I live inside my body. Right, so I don't realise how big I actually am to an outside person, and I also forget how loud I am. Even when I am fifty percent, you know, speaking, it's loud. I get a lot of gigs. Fuck it, about my loud. I get it all the time. Right, I seem to have two levels. I either seem to have indoor, very quiet voice, or fucking holy shit, he's going to kill somebody. So I, I, I can imagine for a passenger that's quite a lot to see me go, yeah, fuck it, can. Here's the odd thing about my road rage. Very rarely use the horn. Very rarely. I'm not, a, eh, I'm not one of you guys. You know, sits on the horn. Eh, eh. That's not me. I'm more of a window down. Yeah, fucking can. That's more, I think that's, that gets the point across more than the horn. You know? What's going to intimidate somebody more? A dull ha, sound 
you know, or a large, angry Scottish person screaming, you fucking cunt into your face. I mean, that that's that beats a horn any day of the week. You know? So, yeah, road rage, mate. Makes you feel alive. Sometimes you see people on the road and you think, what the fuck? How? How are you on a road? I get road rage a lot in the rain because I just want to tell people, you're in a car that is designed to drive in the wet. Fucking man up. See people who drive at like 30 mile an hour on the motorway when it's raining? Fuck off. Stay in the house. We, we have shown during this pandemic lockdown that we don't have to travel. So see once we get back to normal and it's into the winter weather and it's a bit of snow or a bit of rain, fuck off. Stay in the house. You are far more of a danger than the fucking snow or the rain. You're the most dangerous thing right now sitting 30 mile an hour on a motorway because you're shiting yourself to drive in the rain. That's why you have window wipers. And see if you still can't handle it. Stay in the house. But I've got to get to the fucking appointment with it. Fuck off. Right? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm getting angry now. I'm getting angry now thinking about all the road rage I've had over the years. Fucking road rage, man. Thanks for that, Stevie. Stevie Harry Wilson. Um, do you get road rage? I imagine most of us do. I think you'd need to be quite a placid, boring person to never have road rage because there's a lot, there's a lot of fucking morons on the road. A lot of morons. Enough to send anybody over the edge. But, uh, Stevie, thank you very much indeed for the question, mate. Right, let's do, I'm just looking at the time here, man. Let's do, uh, let's do another one. Um... Robert Gillen on Facebook. Robert has asked, The Battlefield Army take over the UK. Commander-in-Chief Gibson, hello there, has three laws that he can instill without question. What would they be? Oh, God. What would they be, mate? Um, I think going off of currently what we've what we had, the situation we are in, um, straight away, I'm banning cycling. It's banned. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, if you want to cycle, you do it indoors, um, in the comfort of your own home, or in a, in a gymnasium. I will allow indoor cycling sports, um, like the uh, the velodrome, I'll allow that, but never again shall a bicycle be seen on the streets. Never again. Children may, uh, may use bikes, as children do, but anyone over the age of 20 seen on a bicycle will be incarcerated and sentenced to death. Um, I'm done with it. I, I'm done. I, I just I just want me, men. It's men, right? It's guys. I just want... I'm sick of mid-40s, beer belly, head-to-toe lycra and a fucking eight grand bike. I'm sick of it, nobody wants it, we never ask for it, stop it, right, take control, if I, if, 
if you're if you're triggered right now, oh my god, I'm triggered. If you are being triggered by what I'm saying, right, good. Listen to me, okay. Listen to me now. Also, listen to me if you're maybe early thirties, maybe late twenties, because you could become this man. If you are currently sitting, listening to this, and in your garage you have a bike that is over a thousand pounds. If you have a lycra suit or a special pair of shoes that you put on to cycle your bike as an adult, please just find the strength within yourself and leave your wife. Okay? You're not happy. I get it. I have been in very unhappy relationships in the past. It went four years longer than it should have. I get it. But I'm telling you right now, go out on your bike with your silly wee clip-on shoes with all your other sad, depressed, middle-aged men. It's no helping anybody. Leave your wife and find happiness. Okay? That's the first thing we're doing. We're banning it. No more cycling. It's gone. Two other laws. Uh, I would... Two other laws, man. I mean, these are the things. It's a difficult one, you know. Um, I don't know, man. My mind's going blank here. My mind's going blank. I can't get past. I can't get past the fucking the bikes. I'd probably say uh, four day week. I think that's enough. Uh, Monday to Thursday. That's law two. We're moving to a four day week. I don't care. I don't care the business. I don't care what what you're doing. We're moving to a four day week. And the the third rule is that I would uh, ban the sale of IPA. And and everywhere, bars, restaurants, restaurants, shops, it doesn't exist. Forget it. IPA is no longer a thing. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of going down uh, a, a beer and spirits aisle to be greeted by a, a wall of fucked up names and colours. I will allow lager. I will allow stout. And I will allow beer. Whatever 80 shilling is, we're having that. Uh, Guinness, it stays. Lager, yes please. The rest of your shite, fuck off mad blonde beers IPAs mango flavoured citrus wank lager forget it we are restoring the world back to the way it should be right hair in your chest hair in your bollocks and a good can of fucking 80 shilling <laughs> I'm honestly I'm sick of I'm sick of IPAs. The missus drinks it, right? And I'm telling you, it's a woman's drink. Okay, I'll say that. It's a woman's drink. I know gender's fluid, but if you drink IPAs, you're a closet homosexual, right? Now, she actually said to me, going to get me that IPA link. I was like, what? No. It's some kind of mango fucking wank water. I don't know what it is. But see the other day in the supermarket, it was a wall of 
colour and just hipster design. Just what happened to just an old fashioned kind of lager? Eh? One colour, fucking the brewery badge, Bosch. Now it's all geometric designs and you know infomercials and, and, and different different traits and there's a, there's, a, there's a skull, one with a skull and one with a pineapple and going, what the fuck are you? And nobody even thinks as well. I can't lager. It's about what three quid in the shops if you're buying it single. I mean, you probably got a fucking six pack. You can get you get a twelve pack of lager for what a tenner, and they're selling these VIPA stumpies. It's the size of a can of coke for like four quid a pop. Get the fuck! And it's stinking. There's a there's a brewery in Edinburgh and Leith called Pilot, and their beer's all right. Their beer's all right. And we were down at the what is the name of the place? There's a there's a wee market down in Leith that is on a Saturday, I think it is. I think it's like the second Saturday of the month, every every second week. And there's a is it Constitution House? Is that what it's called? There's basically this kind of coffee shop. William and Johnson is a is a coffee roasters. They've got a bit in it. And they have like food at the back, and you can walk through, and it's all very fucking leith and hipster. And, hey, isn't life great? And Pilot had a, a stall one day, and I'm doing all different types of beer, and you can taste it. And I says to guy, I just have the, the beer, the lager. And it's just the grey one, the grey can, nice can. Tastes like beer. And he's like, Do you want to try this one? It's like a citrus explosion burst. And I went, No, no, I don't. And I went, Just try it, it's really nice. And it was fucking rancid. And I said to the guys, like, man, that's stinking. And his face was like, Arr! because they're used to just people going like, oh my god, that's lovely. Look at the look at the colour of the cans. It tasted like it tasted like sweaty feet. That's what it tasted like. It tasted like I was drinking stinky, sweaty feet. Minging. So, there's the three, mate. Good question, Robert. Again, I apologize, mate. I probably should have read these questions before answering them and maybe I had a, a, a better prepared answer but then it wouldn't be real or authentic so this is all off the cuff three laws right now as we stand we're banning cyclists over the age of 20 we are getting rid of IPAs and what was the third one? and what was the middle one? <laughs> four day week there you go. What a fucking... I mean, that, that, isn't, that isn't three dramatic changes. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like, right, fucking, name me a Chinese people. I'm not saying that. You know, if you were to come out of lockdown and the government went, listen, cycling's banned if you're over 20, you work a four-day week and IPA doesn't exist anymore, you'd be like, fucking, it's a win-win-win. I should be in charge, man. Good question, Robert. Robert Gillen on Facebook. I hope you're on the Patreon, mate. And if you're not, fucking go on the Patreon. Right, thank you to everyone who asked a question. Um, Instagram and Facebook this week. A bit quiet on the old Twitter. Um, but if you'd like to follow me on there, you can do so. Instagram and Twitter, I am at Big Scott Gibson. Facebook is Scott Gibson Comedy. Make sure 
you follow all the social media pages and consider becoming a Patreon for the show. Patreon.com, Big Scott Gibson, every single Friday, a brand new Patreon-only exclusive episode drops just for your Patreon ears and nobody else. This Friday... It's going to be the first episode of The Officer's Mess, which is a new kind of conversational podcast that I've been doing. Um, And episode one is with the wonderful Gary Little. And the video of that will be out on Patreon this Friday. So, as I've said, if you haven't signed up, do so now. You can do so for as little as $5, which is three quid. Three quid a month, what is that? Fucking nothing. That's what it is. It's nothing. It's not even a pound a week. It's not even a pound an episode, you cheap bastards. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson or go to the website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk follow all the links there and you can become a fully fledged member of the Battlefield Army. Right team, episode 28. This was a wee bit ranty. This was a wee bit ranty. I maybe should have had a bigger lunch. I maybe should have went for a walk before we started this. I don't know. But next time... We'll try and bring a bit more peace and love into the Battlefield show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed. If you haven't, make sure you do so where you can. Share these episodes. Share them in your social media. Let's grow the Battlefield army. Look after yourself. Stay safe. Don't be a fucking Bojangles cunt going, I'm going to park with 25 of my pals. Stay safe. Another couple of weeks another month or two of lockdown and everybody's going to be fine stay safe stay calm look after yourselves become a patron (laughs) play the quiz on the wednesdays and hopefully i'll see you in a battlefield very soon take care all the best onwards